Raw Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Women's lives follow many paths, twists and turns, and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to make a choice that they can't take back. When facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories from women who made the choice to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, stories of female infidelity. An anonymous and no-judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. Today we are going to continue with Janine's story, part two of three. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, I recommend you go back and listen to part one, you might be a little confused of where we are with part two. I know sometimes people voice their frustrations that they would want me just to read the whole thing. But I, you know, not to sound all defensive, but I record six podcasts a month. And when they're long stories like this, and I'm recording, it does a number on my voice. And I can already tell because I recorded an episode before this that my voice is getting tired. So it's best for me and for the listeners because then they're not these long drawn out stories that we listen to them and I try not to exceed, you know, 25 to 30 minutes per episode. So, you know, for those who are not liking that these certain stories are in sequence, I appreciate you being here, but if it's not something that you are comfortable with, then I understand if you choose not to listen. So in part one, Janine shared about her childhood and meeting her husband, Sean. She felt really connected and they were head over heels in love with each other. She appreciated that her feelings and sexual desires were a priority to him and that he was an honest man. She admitted to feeling attracted to one of her husband's friends, but it remained a fantasy for her. But once she began working, she met a guy named Cody. Their relationship was business, but as they began to work near each other, they realized a special connection. She didn't want to cheat on her husband. That was the last thing that she ever wanted to do. But with so much time spent with Cody, she felt like she was becoming vulnerable and crossed the line when they kissed. Cody was also married. After Cody left, my feelings were mixed between sadness and relief. Walking past his empty desk, the old place we used to smoke and the bar were very painful. Of course, I could not confide in any of my close work friends. They had no idea about the huge hole in my heart. No one at work ever knew what happened between us. 
I felt much lighter going into the office knowing, though, that I had nothing to hide. I was determined to rebuild myself and focus on achieving higher results in my career. Cody and I kept in touch through social media and texting during the day. In his physical absence, our sexual relationship grew. He always wanted me to take sexy pictures and then send to him. This kind of stuff did not happen before he moved. Despite our strong feelings, we never did more than make out at the bar or feel each other up quickly. We both took public transportation into work, so there was nowhere for us to spend long amounts of time without the fear of getting caught. Our first sexting date was unbelievable. Sean was out for the night, leaving me alone with my phone. I was on fire by the end of the call. He said things to me no one had, and that had made me burst into huge orgasms that carried over until the next morning. I thought people like him were a myth. The next few months, we sexted frequently and sent pictures daily. I loved expressing my sexual side to him. He wasn't afraid of anything I wanted. He ate up whatever I served him. He loved knowing that he was getting me off. His ultimate fantasy was to watch me come. An opportunity arose for me to chaperone a daycare trip an hour from where he had moved. We worked out the logistics to meet for the afternoon. He drove us to a small campground where we set up a tent with pillows and blankets. Within moments, our clothes were off. The afternoon was spent exploring every part of each other. I loved the way his naked body felt against mine. We gave each other several orgasms, orally and manually. I had never been so overwhelmed with passion. Prior to our meeting, he joked that I should bring one of my sex toys that I used for our calls. I didn't tell him that I had brought it along. I was too embarrassed and didn't want to look crazy. While we were smoking after I thought we were done, I pulled it out of my purse and then laughed and said, I guess I don't need this. His eyes lit up and then he demanded I go back into the tent and get ready for him. He held me down with his body and then used the toy on me in a way I had never experienced. It hurt at first, the way he was forcefully going at me. And I almost told him to stop because I didn't think I would come again. But then something in me shifted. The pain gave way to pleasure, his body pinning me to the ground while his face hovered right over mine. I had nowhere to go and no time to feel self-conscious. The floodgates opened, giving me an orgasm that made me leave my body. Waves of pleasure crashed over me for what seemed like hours. I'm sure the entire state heard me screaming. Afterwards, we laid quietly listening to the hum of nature around us. We were both covered in each other's fluids and sweat. He held me close, marveling at my desire to give and receive pleasure. I felt transformed by the experience. I walked out of the tent as if I were a queen. The drive home was quiet. I knew it couldn't work out, but I didn't want to let go. The pain hurt so much, yet I loved it. 
The pain was a constant reminder of his love and what my potential could be if I was courageous enough to claim it. The sex with Sean was never bad, but I had no idea that my body was able to climax so many times. No one had ever loved me more intensely than Cody had. The months went by, we continued to sext regularly, and then I got a different job. I had lunch with a former co-worker before I started my new gig. She and I loved to gossip about the crazy people in the office. Cody's name came up during our conversation. I played dumb like I didn't know much about him, and wow, did she ever spill the tea. She talked about his many conquests during their time. They had traveled together for work. She went on to say that he had different women in every city, and then she leaned in close and asked if I could keep a secret. By now, my blood was cold, and I couldn't imagine what my face looked like. She whispered that he had a secret child, but that I could not say anything because she wasn't even supposed to know about it. I excused myself to the bathroom, ready to vomit. I wasn't necessarily upset about the women in the past or the child, more that he never told me any of it. I had risked everything, bared my soul, betrayed my vows, and he was toying with me. I was just another woman in a long line of faceless others. I suddenly wanted to see him and tear his face off. After lunch, he had sent me a silly text. I shot back telling him to stop being cute and that I needed explanations to what I had just learned. He tried to brush it off as just gossip. My lunch partner was known as a gossip. However, it was all too specific to be nothing. After a long discussion, I found out there were hyperbole, but the most important parts were true. He was crushed that it was all ending this way. He kept telling me that he never meant to hurt me and that his feelings for me were real. I was absolutely blindsided by all of it. Disillusion is what I felt about everything. How could I have been so stupid as to almost lose everything for a broken man? It was hard to feel angry with Cody because we were really not in a relationship. How could I hold expectations over someone I wasn't even supposed to be with? I couldn't express my roller coaster of emotions, and he was the one person who I thought would save me. I took solace in the fact that he was never physically out of my life. At least, I wouldn't have to see him. I turned to Sean for comfort and told myself that I was being punished for stepping out. Laying down with the dog had indeed given me fleas. Sean was right. He was the best one for me. Yes, he yelled and could not control his emotions, but at least he was honest with me. I found a little spot for Cody in the back of my heart and placed him there. I vowed that I would take my secret to the grave. I got pregnant again, and we entered a new era in our marriage. With Cody out of the way, I could focus on all the good things happening around me. I had a new job with a much bigger salary, a baby girl on the way, and a husband who said he loved me. Despite the disappointment Cody inflicted on me, 
He taught me that I was multi-orgasmic, something that I thought was only available to other women. All I had to do was picture Cody watching me, telling me to come, and I would orgasm instantly. Sean was amazed by my new sexual prowess. He was not able to keep up with me, but I didn't mind. I had plenty of toys and fond memories. The birth of my daughter changed so many things for me. I felt at peace that my family was complete. My body did not fail her. She was born on time with no complications. We were much better equipped the second time around for a baby. I happily got up at night to do every feeding and got up early on the weekends with the kids. I completely gave myself over to parenting, working and being the best wife and mom that I could be. If Sean and I got into a fight, I would close my eyes imagining Cody holding me, and then I would silently thank myself for giving in even though I got burned. I used Cody's memory to escape. Sean could never make me feel the same way Cody did. It was the only power I felt I had. Cody and I kept in sporadic contact throughout the next six years. We had a running joke that maybe we would end up in the same nursing home. He confessed his love for me. My feelings were still there, but I kept him at arm's length. On occasion, he would ask for a picture and then we would reminisce about the good times. I missed him so much that it was physically painful at times. There was an empty rift inside me after he left. I felt like he was the only person who saw me. A conference was scheduled bringing Cody back to town. We met at an out-of-the-way bar. It was incredible how easily we slipped back into our old selves. He had aged now, more gray than brunette, but still made my knees weak. I kept my distance because I had promised myself in the car that I wasn't going to let him charm my pants off. At this point, things were still relatively good at home, and I was not going to make it easy for Cody to saunter back into my space. We wandered around the area, then slipped into a small bistro for tapas. In an instant, he was pressed against my side in the curved booth. He asked if he could hug me, knowing full well I couldn't say no to him. I held off for as long as I could before surrendering to his embrace. He crushed me against him, and he inhaled into my hair and neck. I had missed the feeling of melting into him. It had been too long since I had been held tenderly. He looked at me with absolute adoration, telling me how beautiful I was, how much he missed me, how much he still thought of me. We ended up in his hotel room, but kept it peachy. The time was spent laying on the bed, kissing, wrestling, and laughing. We talked about every subject we could cram into the small amount of time we had. With him, I could give my honest feelings about matters without harshly being rebuked or subject to an hour-long lecture. We conversed, shared ideas, and even differences of opinion without judgment. Two more years passed until I saw Cody again. In those years, I realized my marriage to Sean was deeply dysfunctional. 
It was clear that Sean was an alcoholic with a chronic drug habit as well. He spent close to three hours per day in the basement bathroom hiding from us. The kids knew that if he was in there, he was not to be bothered. They had seen him when he was angry, so they didn't push back on him. If I said anything about his time away, he would explode screaming that he was in constant pain with stomach and back issues. I kept turning a blind eye, telling myself that he was doing whatever necessary to get through the stresses of life. I also imbibed, so I felt like it was hypocritical to say anything. I just wanted him to feel better so he would be in a better mood. Unsurprisingly, I had become the default parent. The kids came and were sent to me for almost everything. I managed all the daycare, child responsibilities, and finances while working a demanding full-time job. I also made more money than him, which seemed to be a thorn in his side. I wanted to shield the kids as much as I could from his moods, so I walked on eggshells. Most of Sean's anger was directed at me, but our son bore the brunt as well. Occasionally, Sean would yell at him, reducing him to tears with his words and threatening body language. I felt like the worst mom in the world when my son confided in me that he didn't think Daddy loved him. When I saw Cody again, I was ready for action. We had fallen back into a semi-regular contact and would sext on occasion. He was in town for a conference again. We met at the hotel bar and then went right to his room. I let him ravage me however he wanted, and he told me everything I wanted to hear. Afterwards, we took a long shower enjoying each other's bodies. I did not feel guilty at all. I knew it wasn't real with Cody, but I loved to pretend that it was. I didn't see any reason not to act on my real feelings. Sean was so checked out that I knew he wouldn't notice. We reaffirmed our nursing home pact as we parted ways. The pandemic hit the city where we lived hard. Thankfully, we were both office workers and were able to work from home. The kids were both in elementary school, kindergarten and fourth grade, and because my job is very flexible, I became the designated teacher. I was barely able to handle all of this, and then Sean became puppy crazy and brought home a sweet Vizsla puppy during summer break. The puppy, who we named Bailey, was the bright spot in an uncertain time. We all adored him, and it was my first time owning a dog, and I felt like a happy new mom again. However, I was unprepared for how much labor the sweet puppy was going to demand. The kids did not physically return to school in the fall. Instead, it was online. I was dismayed because homeschooling was incredibly taxing on my time. My daughter was put in the first grade and unable to keep up with the teacher, meaning I had to put all my work aside to sit with her during class time. My son was in fifth grade and could keep up, but still needed my help. In addition, Bailey needed to run often and loved eating and destroying everything in sight. I also had to make, supervise, clean up lunch, and make sure they were doing their activities. During all of this, Sean decided to work in the basement office with a locked door. 
His job had a lot of meetings with tight deadlines. After he was off work, he would cook dinner, then clean up while I worked out the makeshift workspace classroom in our bedroom until it was time for bed. I also worked through most of the weekends to catch up on my work. It made me angry that my needs were always put last. Sean had a passion for the outdoors, especially fishing. We had a boat, two campers, and several acres of land. I'd felt so guilty about my relationship with Cody that I just let Sean do whatever he pleased. Life was easier when he wasn't around because I didn't have someone second-guessing everything I did. I took care of the kids, house, and dog while he spent hours on the water. Upon his return, he was always refreshed and in a good mood. I loved those moments because we felt like a real family. I wanted the kids to have good memories of their childhoods. After a year into the pandemic, Cody sent me a text saying he was in the hospital with COVID. The only thing he was holding on to was our memories and the chance to see my face again. I crumbled. By this point, I was so overwhelmed with all of it. On the outside, I appeared cheery, always ready to meet any challenge, but on the inside, I was dark. I felt resentful of the time Sean had to work and enjoy hobbies while I was still homeschooling, working full-time, and now caring for a hyperactive, untrained dog that I didn't want. I abused substances a lot to numb myself from reality. Sean and I got along great when we were not sober. After Cody's text, I knew I had to tell Sean about what I was feeling. I was tired of Cody's presence looming over me. Neither of us were going to leave our marriages. What was the point of all of this? By now, it had been almost 10 years of secrets and it was starting to make me sick. Despite everything with Sean, I still really wanted it to work. I thought if I came clean that we would have a new beginning. I knew by keeping Cody around that I was neglecting Sean in our marriage. I needed him to see me, though, and to address his alcohol problem. I was scared of him and scared for him. I started therapy a few months later and laid it all out. I worked with a therapist to help me put my thoughts into words. Sean was very suspicious as to why I was in therapy. He thought our marriage was perfectly fine and did not like me sharing details of our lives with strangers. I asked if he would join me for a session so we could talk through some things while the kids were not around. He demanded I tell him what I had to say right then. I looked down without saying anything, causing him to storm off into the basement. I followed him into the laundry room, then blurted out that I had an affair. The look on his face told me to stop talking immediately. He asked if I had sex with him. When I said yes, he blew past me, then rounded on me, wanting to know who he was. I told him that the affair had happened ten years ago with an old co-worker who now lives out of state. Sean was a mixture of hurt and anger. He kept bawling his fists as he struggled for words. I was too scared to say anything else. He raged out of the house and then spent a few days in a hotel. I told myself the worst part was over. 
but the next few weeks were awful. On one hand, I was happy that I had admitted to the affair. But I only admitted to the first part of it. I wanted to tell him why and how it happened and the rest, but whenever I would try, he would start yelling at me about what an awful person I was and that he had given up his whole adult life to be with me and start a family. He felt the entire past 10 years were a lie. He never would have had another child with me if he had known the truth. I sent Cody an email telling him that I had told Sean about the affair. I begged him for mercy to please let me go because losing him over and over was tearing me apart. I emphasized that I didn't regret anything that I had done and I would do it again, but that hurting everyone involved needed to stop. I really wanted to work on my marriage and that this was goodbye for real. Sean and I were starting to make a little headway when the worst part happened. He went through my phone and found the email to Cody that I had sent only weeks prior. I was getting ready to take the kids to school when I heard his angry footsteps coming up the stairs. I froze when I saw the look on his face mixed with his aggressive posture. Our daughter was standing next to me, but he didn't seem to notice her. He then shoved the phone in my face with Cody's social media profile pulled up and then the email next to it. My blood ran cold. I started to feel weak, then the trembling started. My daughter said, Mommy, what's wrong? Daddy, what's that on the phone? He sneered that he wanted a divorce and then stomped back down to the basement. I took the kids to school in a daze. Normally, we were all talkative in the morning, but I couldn't pretend this time. I drove as slow as I could on the way home. I sat in the driveway feeling terrified, mixed with relief that it was finally out. We were at Judgment Day in our marriage, and he has always said he would leave me if I cheated. I desperately wanted him to leave me because I knew he would never forgive me. My plan was always to get the kids through school and then tell them about Cody forcing him to leave me. I didn't want to have to tear the kids from their childhood home just because he yelled at me. At the time, his actions didn't seem abusive. I thought I had to keep taking it because that is what I vowed to do. I needed him to hate me, to detach from me. The house was quiet when I walked back in. He wasn't as angry as I expected him to be. He told me he knew that I wasn't honest with him, so that is why he went through my phone. He was in complete shock that the affair had really only ended a few weeks prior. When I tried to explain the dynamic Cody and I had, he didn't believe me. Sean reduced it all down to me being selfish, wanting to sleep with other people while he was home with the kids. He refused to be seen as a cuckold, even though that was not what was happening. I told him everything I was feeling. I was overwhelmed with the dog, homeschooling, and him always being in a bad mood or unavailable. I felt like a passenger on his journey while my ideas were left to the wayside. I was there to be a punching bag, nanny, or warm body. All I wanted was to experiment more sexually with him. I wanted him to embrace my sexuality and stop shaming me. 
I was tired of having to suppress myself for my supposed best friend. He accused me of emotionally abusing him by expressing my desires. Some things were never meant to be shared between husband and wife. Every day was an uphill battle trying to repair the damage I had done. He threatened to publicly call out Cody, contact his employer and family. He threatened to take the kids from me, saying that he had all the proof he needed to take me for everything I had. He threatened to hang himself in the garage. We would go around and around in arguments that never ended. He could not understand why his version of love wasn't enough. I told him it was too much, that there was no room for me to breathe or thrive. He said if he were going to quit drinking, then I would have to swear an oath of monogamy only. He agreed to be more adventurous, but under no circumstances would he ever agree to be ethically non-monogamous. Deep down, I always knew we were going in opposite directions. His ideal life was living remotely, in the woods, back up north, and I am an extrovert who loves warm weather. I tried to make the changes he said he needed. The problem was, he never quit drinking or escaping into the bathroom. I did not want the rest of my life to look like that. He said he wanted to forgive me. We tried counseling, and he even gave me a new engagement ring hoping for a new beginning, but he felt that I was not suffering enough. He wanted me to be in a constant state of remorse and to spend my days kissing up to him. I told him there was too much to do for me to be like that. I was already completely overwhelmed. Couldn't he see that I was already in despair? Nothing I did was enough. None of my concerns were seen as valid after what I had done. A few months later, I was emptying the garbage cans around the house and saw his office door open. He was out for the moment, so I went in to collect the trash. When I got closer to the monitor, I could see a flashing indicator that he had a new message on Facebook. The chat window was open, allowing me to see it was from another woman. It was clear they had been intimate. The language he used with her was rosy, full of hearts and rainbows. He thought of her constantly and couldn't wait to see her again. Something inside me snapped. A veil was pulled from my face, allowing me to say out loud that I was being manipulated. He would play the sad in front of the family, guilting me at every juncture, but really, he was doing just fine. I didn't care that he was talking to her. I was happy to have him distracted because it meant he spent more time away from me. I was done pretending to care. I didn't tell him that I read the message. I wanted to keep that ace in my pocket. He said he was going back to visit his hometown to help his elderly mother. I knew what was really happening, but happily played along. It was incredibly hard to manage it all during the two and a half weeks he was gone. The dog escaped several times, the fence blew over in a storm, work was demanding, and I was doing all the cooking shopping while getting the kids to separate schools in a big city. I looked around and realized I didn't see myself in any of it. I didn't need the house, a husband who hated me, or the stress of big city traffic. I wanted it all to end. 
What pushed me completely over the edge was witnessing my kids fight. My son was shouting at his younger sister while she was curled up in a ball with her hands over her ears. She was begging him to stop yelling at her and he kept grabbing at her, telling her to listen to him. It was clear that my inaction had led him to believing Sean and I's behavior was normal. My son had a hard time controlling his temper and often yelled at his friends. My daughter let insults go unanswered and would disappear into her room or just cling to me. I felt like a hypocrite for telling them to treat each other with kindness while their dad is treating me like crap. I will return in one week with the conclusion of Janine's story. Thank you so much for being here today. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. But I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when he uncovered the truth. The other guys that I had been stationed with complained about their wives going out dancing with their friends. They were sure that their wives were cheating, but had no proof. When I came back home, I noticed that my wife didn't come to bed until after midnight. Several times, she was just coming to bed as I was getting up for work at 4 a.m. She always said that she had lost track of time while watching TV. When I found out about her infidelity, I moved out. To hear exclusive stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship, have early access to regular episodes ad-free and more extras, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as only $4 a month. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. When you visit the website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com, you will find the story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon for exclusive episodes, and to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, where taboo topics are discussed. To submit your female infidelity story, share feedback, or have general questions about the show, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com.